Thank you. Wow, it's good to be home. I, I consider this as a really a wonderful place for me. I always feel welcome here. I feel love here, and I love this place. I was like a little kid going to Christmas Eve tonight, just longing to land here and, and, and meet you and, and, and to see, of course, Pastor Dave and Cheryl and their family and, and uh, so many, many, many wonderful memories I've been here through the years. I don't know how many years I've been here, but quite many years now. And so uh, I, 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 I'm so blessed to be here. And, and, and of course, I, greetings from my wife and from our church home in Sweden. Um, I just came back from Vietnam where I've been tre- preaching a lot recently. And God is moving in Vietnam and, and doing great things. And, and we are so happy what the Lord is doing in, in the nations of the world. Uh, amen. Praise God. We are so happy also that uh, this meeting is also sent out to the new place you're starting up, um, Pit Meadows. And, and so we say welcome to them uh, who are going to listen to this message also through video. And so I, I hope next time I can be there too. Amen. Well, <clears throat> this is Thanksgiving. And, you know, normally we, we thank God for, for the harvest, you know, what, what God has brought us this year. But there's one thing I want to bring in extra thanksgiving to today. I'm going to speak about it also. Uh, and this is the, all the people in the church. I call them the people behind the scenes. The people on every scene on this platform, they are, but they are doing great things for God. You know, uh, and, and I must say, I thank God for these people. I see them all over the world. I see them in Coastal Church. I see them in World of Life, Home in Uppsala. I see them everywhere. People who are given their time and their life to serve God in the church year by year, month after month, Sunday after Sunday. There's somebody who opened the church before we came today. And there was somebody who closed it when we all gone home. Wait, everyone go home. There's somebody down in the cafeteria making the coffee. The coffee doesn't come from heaven, to be honest, you know. Sorry, it's made by people. <laughs> Amen. I said, amen. There's a worship team here. Stand and worship every Sunday here. There are ushers that's taking up the offering. There are people working with the children. They are not here. They are somewhere else taking care of the kids. These people we want to thank God for. Amen. I said we want to give them a big hand. In the Bible, there are many people like that. They are not seen, you know. They, they don't have a big ministry. They don't have their own book in the Bible. But they are there. They have, some, some of them don't even have a name. You, you, you can maybe see, remember Jonathan's weapon bearer. You, you only know said the weapon bearer. The boy with the five bread and the two fishes. He was there. We don't know his name. But he was there to deliver some food to 5,000 people. Amen. We're talking about Joseph from Arimathea. Have you heard about Joseph of Arimathea? Somebody, I heard somebody say, how in the world could you give away your grave, this expensive grave, to Jesus Christ? He said, oh, that was easy. It was just for the weekend. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. I said, amen. So, so there, are, there, are, there are many people like that in the Bible. I call them nameless. They don't have a name, but they are still here with us. We hear about them because they did something behind the scenes that was not official. There was not a platform person, but there are many people. And tonight, I'm going to speak about one man in the Bible. Um, he was from Africa. And, and uh, in the Old Testament, there are not many people in Africa mentioned. But there is at least one really who did some great things for God. His name was Ebed-Melech. Can everybody say Ebed-Melech? 
I promise you, you have never heard many sermons about Ebed-Melech in your life. But you will hear one today. And he's found, you know, you know how many know another great man, his name was Jeremiah. Everybody knows, but nobody knows Ebed-Melech. But you know that Ebed-Melech saved Jeremiah's life? One time Jeremiah, the prophet, was thrown down in a pit, in the Bible says. He was, he was prophesying too strong to the nation. So the king put him in a pit. And, and, uh, and he was dying there. You know, and, and it looks like when, when, when a dog falls down into a pit, and w- the newspaper writes about the dog, and the, oh, he must save the dog. And, uh, but when a prophet falls down, nobody cares. It's amazing. <laughs> Amen. But one man cared. Everybody say one man cared. His name was Ebed-Melech. And we found him in the book of Jeremiah. If you go to the book of Jeremiah, the 38th chapter, um, I want you to, to follow me to, to this wonderful story about Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian. He was from Ethiopia. Maybe there's somebody from Ethiopia here in this meeting today. I don't know. But there's a wonderful country. And, and he came to Israel. He lived in Israel. He was not Jewish. He was Ethiopian. And in the seventh verse, hallelujah. You say hallelujah in Coastal Church? I love the word hallelujah. There was a little girl. She said to her mama when I came to the house, oh, mama, there comes hallelujah. <laughs> she thought that's not my name because I said it so much. In verse 7. Jeremiah 38 and verse 7. Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, the court official assigned to the royal palace, heard that they had thrown Jeremiah into the cistern. While the king was holding court in Benjamin Gate, Ebed-Melech went immediately from the palace to the king and said, O my master, O king, these men are committing a crime in what they are doing, throwing Jeremiah, the prophet, into the cistern and leaving them there to starve. He's good as dead. There isn't a scrap of bread left in the city. So the king ordered Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, said, Go three men and pull Jeremiah the prophet out for the system before he dies. Ebed-Melech got three men and went to the palace wardrobe. Everybody say he went to the palace wardrobe and got some scraps of old clothing. They tied that together and loaded down with the ropes to Jeremiah in the cistern. Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, called them down to Jeremiah and said, Please put these scraps of old clothing under your armpits and around the robes. And Jeremiah did what he said. And they pulled Jeremiah up and seized him by the robes. Amen. Now, this is a story. And I want you to see this before me. That when he got passion to save the prophet, he, he, he did that because he loved him and he wanted to save his life. But, you know, most easy the way it was to do it was to throw down the robes and say, Brother, just hold on. Just have faith and keep on and I pull you up. That's what we do sometimes to people. We say, okay, just have faith. Amen. Ooh, whoop, you know. But, hey, he was a wounded person. He was a person who was, had, had probably wounds. So what you know what he does? He goes under the stairs, under the, the treasure where the gold and the silver was, not to get some gold and the silver, but to take some old clothes. Sometimes they said, weared out, out of date, not used anymore. And decided to, and said to the prophet, hey, 
Put these pieces of clothes under your arms, between the robes and your wounds, and it will not hurt so very much. You know, this is a very wonderful combination of what the church is all about. Yes, we preach faith to people, but you know what? We also preach love. And symbolic tonight, I will say, these pieces of old, even in one that says old rotten clothes, uh, things that are maybe not so used anymore, um, is for me a symbol of people. Everybody say people. People, there are people in every church, they are these old clothes that are between the wounds and the robes. They are there to make it easy for people so that we can all have a good time. And these people, you know, I preached this message in our church a few weeks ago. And after the meeting, a girl came to me. She was crying and weeping. And I was, I said, oh, did I hurt you today with a message? No, she said. You know, I've been working in, in this church for years, month after month, year after year. And it, it looks like nobody sees what I'm doing. And I said to God this morning, God, if you see what I'm doing, let me know it today. And now I know God sees what I'm doing behind the scenes. Amen. And there are so many people like that. I mean, there are people everywhere in every church who really do these kind of things. And I love them. I love these people. And you know what? This piece of old clothes was under the treasure. And I would say the real treasure of Coastal Church is not the gold and the silver and the nice building. It's the people behind the scenes who carry this work month after month, year after year, voluntarily come here without being paid for it. Just do it because they love the Lord. And that's what we're going to continue to do. I said, we, I, I'm, I don't live here, but I feel home here, you know. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. You know, a, a few months ago, I was in San Diego. Have you heard about San Diego? Now, my pastor says, when you are traveling, don't just stay in the hotel room and pray all the time. Go out and see the city also so you see what's, where you have been. So you don't just go from the airport to the hotel and to the church and you don't know where I've been there. Okay. So I went to a, a, a museum where they had the, the U.S. US uh, Army has a museum where you can see these big ships, the air carriers. Have you seen these air carrier ships? I think I have a picture on them here. And, and I, I took a picture when I was there. They are, they are quite big, you know. Uh, they are so big that when you, when you think about it, it's like, there it is. Yeah. You see that airplane there? You know, on that ship, there are 70 airplanes like that. 70. And they are, can be put down inside the ship, down in the ship. And they said, Carl, do you want to go down and see the ship? And I went down and I saw the ship. Then they told me. There are 72 pilots on this, on this ship who, who fly these airplanes. But, you know, under the ship, there are 3,600 other people working to serve and help so this ship will work. And I went down there, and I saw how they slept these people in these beds, and I decided I would never go to the Army of the United States after that. <laughs> Ooh. Never in my life. You could not even turn around. It was so, they, they slept like this. And there are 3,600 laying there. Not in one room, of course. But, but in a small place. And, and when you see that, wow. 
And, I, I, and God gave birth to this message when I saw that. And I realized between all big, everything behind big things, there are always small people who do a lot of people, a lot of things for God. They're not small people, but they're maybe not seen officially, but they are there behind the scenes and make everything so wonderful. Today, we want to thank God and we want to honor them in the church. And when I heard that, I heard a story about a man. His name was Charles Plum. He was one of one of the ships. He was a pilot in a war many, many years ago, 50, 45, 50 years ago that, that war was going on. And, 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 uh, and he was shut down in that war. Uh, he did many missions and it looks that everything was on. But one day he was shut down as an army pilot. And he was taken as a prisoner of war, POW we call it, for six years. After six years he came home. He was, came home to the United States. And, and after maybe... I will not say, but maybe 40, 42 years. He was sitting on a restaurant not long time ago. And uh, a man approached him. And the man approached him and, and he said, you are Charles Plum. I said, yeah. You were, you were on that war. You were a pilot. Yeah. Y- you were shut down and you were a prisoner of war for six years. Yeah, yeah. Why do you ask me like this? He said, I was on that ship that you were. It was me who packed your parachute when you fall out. And it looks like it had, I packed it very good, he said. <laughs> and Charles Plum got a message that touched his life. He said, wow, there is somebody who packs your parachute in your life. We shall thank God for these people. You know, today, I, 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 when I thought about it, I thought about my wife. You know, my wife, she has packed my parachute for 38 years. She not even packed my parachute, she packed my suitcase every week. Sometimes when we are in, in situations in life, she even pushed me out of the airplane and said, Jump, Carl! <laughs> Have you ever felt your wife kick you out like that in faith? And you hope the parachute will work out? <laughs> Amen. I thank God for her. She has behind the scenes. She has not been officially person, but she has been behind the scenes all these years for 38 years. I'm gone all the time, but she's there. She's raised the kids when I'm gone. She has done so many things. And so I'm so thank God for her. She has packed my parachute. I think about my mother-in-law. Praise God for my mother-in-law. But you know what? Another lady I'm thinking about today, and that's my, the aunt of my, my wife. She, her name is Mary. Can everybody say Mary? She's 90 years old. She lives in our house with us. She's on Facebook every day. <laughs> Can you imagine you're 90 years old? She's on Facebook every day. She has a big computer. She's every this. One day she came home with a text and said, Oh, I went to the shopping mall. I bought a new iPhone, the last model, she said. You know, I got tired when I hear that because it's me. I have to explain for her what to do, how she likes to do it, you know. And you may be asked, why do you ask a 90-year-old lady to stay in your house? That is not your mother-in-law, of course. But she is just now. But, you know, there's a story behind that. When I was young, I'm still young. Thank you. When I was young, when I was younger, 
20 years old, I started preaching the gospel. And I, to be honest, I was poor like a rat. We were just married, and it looks like the church leaders in my church where I was serving had the idea that, God, if you keep Carl Gustav humble, we will keep him poor. Our cell was very small. We, we could hardly make it. And we had, sometimes we had no food on the table. It was very hard. We couldn't buy anything. The cell was gone the first day it came. Have you ever experienced that? But one day, the door knocked, and there was Mary. He said, you have no food. Here is food for you. Not one time, but many times. She packed a parachute. She was behind the scene. She was never, you never put, see her. On a, if she stand on the platform, she will die in one second. She cannot understand that. But she's been there supporting behind the scenes. One day she came and said, Carl Gustav, you have no furniture in your house. I said, that's the right prophecy. <laughs> you have discerned right. And she said, she said, let's go to Ikea. It's from Sweden, you know, Ikea is from Sweden. That's how we go. And we went there. And she said, you just pick what you want and I will pay when you come out with the furnitures. You thank God for people like that. We decided when she gets old, she's going to stay with us until she, go, until she dies. Now it looks like she's never going to die. <laughs> but you know what? She is still packing my parachute. You know who washed this clothes, this shirt just before I went to Canada? Mary did. Oh, yeah. Maybe you say, you lazy thing, why don't you do it yourself? Well, I'm just blessed with Mary. Guess who ironed it? Mary did. Sometimes she put two high temperatures in the church. Just fits my grandchildren, kids. But who cares? Amen. If you come to our church, in our, in our church, in Uppsala, on every table in the cafeteria, there is a little piece of, of cloth there, nice, on the candlestick. Guess who washes this piece of clothes? Mary does. Guess who iron every one of them? Mary does. Guess who, 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 who washes all the clothes the, the people in the cafeteria has? Mary does. And she irons them and she sends them back to church because she loves Jesus. She loves to do something for the Lord. And she had done it all her life. My mother-in-law, she's in the church every day. She's 85 years old. She cooks coffee. She would die in the cafeteria. <laughs> if she dies. <laughs> you never know about these ladies who serve God. You know, they live a long time. God needs them. <laughs> I said, God needs them. Amen. I said, amen. One day I came out in my garden not long time ago. And there was Mary. She has a, what do you call it, a little wagon. She, she's wheelbar yeah, it's not a wheelchair. She can walk it, but it's like a, a walker, yeah, a walker, yeah. And she stood there with a, and, and was cutting my trees. I said, Mary. And I was sitting in reading the Bible. 
I said, you can't, my neighbor will kill me. If you're out cutting the trees, I'm sitting inside and reading the Bible. She looked at me and said, you go back to where you're supposed to be in the word of God and I'll take care of the rest, she said. Here she is. I think I have a picture of Mary. I thought I have. She's packing my parachute every day. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. People like that are so valuable. And I say in this church, in Coastal Church, you have many Marys here. You have many people who are behind the scenes. You are going to new areas now. You're taking new territory. Oh, they are needing so many new people like that. That can be there packing the parachute of the church. Be there. Serve God. There's such a joy to serve God in the kingdom of God. You know, I preach myself happy when I say this. Because I, 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 I have people around me. I've seen them. I've seen these people. The quality people of the Lord who God gives up. I, I, I have another man. Uh, his name is Fishule. Fishule, you must say what it means, Fishule. That the, his name is Ulle. And he sells fish. <laughs> He's done it all his life. I knew him when I was, when I was a young boy. And I've seen him. And but now I've not seen him for many years. And one day he just called me. And, 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 and he said, hello, hello, hello. He's, that's what he said. Hello, hello. He's over eight years old. Older. Hello, it's Fischule. Oh, hello, Fischule. Long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very long time ago. How are you doing? I said, fine, fine. You know, uh, I live in a place called Riesweden. Uh, do you know Riesweden? I said, no, I never heard that word before. I put on my GPS. I said, not found. And they said, he said, we're going to have meetings in a tent. We have bought a tent. And we want you to come and preach. And you know, my, my, I know what my administrator was saying when I come home. And I said, can, I shall go to Riesville, not found on the, on the map. Right, far out on the countryside. And they're going to have tent meetings. And, and they said, Carl, don't go there. But you have to take care of you. I mean, you must go to... But Pastor also told me last year when I was a little bit sick, he said, Because after this, only do what is important and what is fun. Reese is not important, maybe, but it's fun. So I said, Of course, Fishul, I'll come. And I came there. I couldn't find it. I had to call him several times to explain the way. And I drove far out in the countryside. There was no houses. There was just field and cows. I said, I'm going to preach to the cows tonight. <laughs> Finally, it says, tent meetings. And I drove in a little road up like this through the woods and suddenly, and then when he called me, he said, we were thinking to buy a tent of 300 people. I said, how many are you in the church? Eight people. Not everybody's active, of course. And I thought, not everybody is active. And they're going to buy a tent for 300 people. I said, my God. We are mostly old people, but we have felt the Lord who is going to have meetings. Okay. I didn't tell my administrator about that. There was eight people only in the church. But I went. 
When I came there, it was not one, not one person there. Only him and some cows st stood there in the tent. But he said, he said we, we didn't buy the tent for 300 people. We, 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 we did it for 400 instead. Whoa. When I came in there, no people. He said, I cannot talk with you. Because I have to greet all the people who comes. Okay. <laughs> Do you want some coffee? I said, give me two cups, please. <laughs> and I sat there drinking coffee and praying, God. I was like the prophet Elijah, little cloud Lord. And suddenly one car came. I said, praise God. At least we will be one person at the meeting tonight. It would be terrible to preach alone. Eight people, not everybody's active. Think about that. A tent for 400 people. And then he said, we have made sandwiches for 400 people tonight. <laughs> and coffee for everybody, free of charge. Oi, oi, oi. I thought, God bless little fish all Suddenly a second car came, and a third car, and a fourth car. When time was 7 o'clock, the tent was full, packed. And I saw Fishul, and this was touched me, standing there, greeting everybody. He said, everybody is important to come to church. Everybody shall feel welcome. And he hugged them, and he said, welcome. I came in there, and I said, who's going to lead the meeting? Oh, that's lady. She's out in the kitchen, but she's coming now. She's been working all day making sandwiches. And here comes an old lady. Take the guitar. Her husband, he was playing accordion. He was, just had a heart operation. He said... <gasps> and I thought, where am I? Eight people, not everybody is active. That means some of them has to work hard. And the meeting started and the glory of God came down. I tell you, the glory of God came down. People got saved. People got healed. People who was planned to go to operations, God healed them right down that tent. And I thought, wow. Now he called me. A few months ago, and this year also said, Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I know it is. It's official. We are planning to have the meetings this year. Are you coming this year too? I said, How many are you now? <laughs> Eight people, not everybody's active. <laughs> but we're going to do it any more year. Now, I saw he called me when I was in America last week. And I know he's going to say, are you coming this year, next year also? And I will say, how many are you now? He maybe say seven. <laughs> I don't know. But when I stood, came out of the tent. And I'm going to finish with this. A lady came to me. And she said, Carl Gustav, thank you for the sermon tonight. But to be very honest with you, I didn't come here to listen to you. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> I understand that more than anybody else. <laughs> but that's what, this is what he said. I came here 
to go through the door of that tent and feel that warm hand from Fishule and hear him say, Welcome. Nobody can say that like Fishule. I think I have a picture of Fishule here tonight. Do you want to see Fishule? There he is. Praise God. This was before the meeting, but there was no people. But after it was 400 people there. People even stood outside the tent. They couldn't come into the tent. When I heard that, this fishule, you know what he is? He is this piece of clothes. God can use anybody. I said God can use anybody in the church. I, I get so blessed because God even used donkeys in the Bible. I have a whole sermon. I will have to take that next time. I have a sermon called God, The Donkeys in the Bible. The donkey I like most of all is a donkey in the Old Testament. There are New Testament donkeys and the Old Testament donkeys. But the Old Testament donkey I like very much. That, that donkey served his master all his life. Then he got killed and he, he, the, the, his owner probably eat him up, everything. And, and there was only a few bones left and the dogs took the bones. And looks like nothing was left of that donkey. Except one donkey cheek. Who was laying on the wayside. And nobody cared about that donkey until Samson came by. And Samson took it and beat 1,000 Philistines with it. That donkey had his biggest ministry after he died. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I tell you something tonight. Whatever you are. Wherever you serve God, God, you see, the real gold in the church is not the treasure, the gold and the silver. It's what's under the treasure. This old clothes, this piece of clothes that laid between the wounds and the robes. Yes, we need faith, but we need a lot of love in, the, in, in Vancouver today. This city is desperate for true love. When people come through these doors, they shall feel the warmest hands in Vancouver. They shall feel the most, and I saw them today. They stood here. I saw many fishholders here today. I saw the love from your heart, from your eyes when you said, welcome to the people tonight. I watched you even special tonight. And I felt welcome when I came here today. Because this church is not only a church of faith, it's a church of love. And let us have this in our lives. Let's thank God. Let's honor all these people in this church who serve other people. Who stand behind the scenes. Who are there and do work week with. And uh, my, my message is also this. Continue to do that. And we need more people like that. Who can give their lives. To serve God in this hour. The most beautiful thing in the, in the, in the, in the, in the word of God. Is to see people like Eben Malik. Who stood there. The nameless people. Like the boy with, the, with five bread and two, two fishes. Who gave Jesus. We don't know his name. We, don't, we maybe know his name. But when we come to heaven we say. Wow. You did something for God. That made the significant change. We have many people in the Bible. And I think many times. And I think I mentioned the last time I was here about Fortuna to Zychikos and Stephanas. People who refreshed the spirit of Paul. The great apostle of God, he was strongest ever, but he needed somebody who refreshed him. You know, you can refresh people just by the handshake. Milkshake is good, but a handshake, that is better than anything else. And all the people said, Amen.